so um, let me start with a couple of words uh, to introduce our speaker today and also a couple of words about his book that will be available uh, at the end if you would like to purchase it. We don't have many copies, but so this is the book. Sorry. <laughs> so Antonio Almano is a, a cultural journalist and a writer. He was the editor of Saturno, which was the magazine, magazine belonging to the national paper uh, Il Fatto Quotidiano, an Italian national paper. And he now regularly contributes to Italian uh, national newspapers and magazines, including Sili Fatto Quotidiano and Recani.it. He originally studied political sciences in uh, the University of Pavia, and then moved to the Czech Republic and studied there for a while and traveled around Eastern Europe. So his career started out as a reporter, mainly from uh, Eastern Europe. Uh, then he became a regular uh, contributor to the cultural section of the Italian uh, newspaper, national newspaper, L'Unità. And as part of this role, his task was to write a series of articles dealing with editorial case histories. So in other words, he has, he has to report on controversial stories surrounding the publication of, of books, right? And uh, um, stories that involved not only the authors, of course, but also the publishers, the editing houses, the newspapers, the reviewers of these books. And uh, of course, this was connected to his time in Eastern Europe, because uh, one of the things that he dealt with in Eastern Europe was for uh, issues of censorship while he was there. So Antonio was really, really passionate about this kind of investigations and was able at the time to write very long articles uh, about each one of the cases he was investigating and probably we're discussing about this. Today in Italy it would be impossible to write such long articles because you know, with the situation of Italian publishing it's more and more difficult to have you know, these full pages that you can uh, devote to cultural issues. And uh, maybe this is a topic for another day or for the Q&A question uh, time if you uh, would like to ask something more about uh, journalism. So while he was reporting on these editorial cases, uh, he became particularly interested and passionate about uh, cases involving censorship in particular. And this is what the book uh, we are presenting today is about. The title is Mal Edizioni, it has a pan in Italian, you know. And uh, Processi Sequestri, Censure a Scrittori e Editori in Italia da Dopoguerra a Oggi. So it's about sequestration, inquisition, censorship to uh, writers and, uh, and publishers in Italy from post-war period to today, the rest is even tomorrow. And it was published uh, by Aragno in 2013 and re-edited by Rizzoli in 2014. And in this same year, it was shortlisted for the Viareggio Prize. Um, so by investigating these censorship cases, Antonio Diaz compellingly, with all the sort of characters surrounding the publication of a given book in Italy from the post-war uh, period to, the, to today, he indeed investigates not just the censorship case itself, but the impact that these court cases have, have had on the uh, authors, on the publisher, on the families uh, of the authors that we are dealing with. And also the impact that the censorship had on literary history and on the publishing history in our country. So this book is a collection of these captivating cases and Antonio went digging into various archives, state archives in various cities. He went and met the surviving authors and their families, or the surviving you know, editors. So it was really, uh, let's say, investigative journalism at its very best. And uh, he copied a large amount of judicial documents surrounding all of these cases. And you find uh, in excerpts of these in the book. So. Um, it is important to uh, underline that this book is not just about Italian authors uh, or books, but it is also about foreign authors, as you see from the cover, we're talking about James Joyce, Harry Miller, all of these authors that were censored once translated into Italian. So this work is a comparative perspective, so that's why it's important for our uh, research center. And uh, it would be interesting, maybe if you're uh, interested in a particular author, to see the reception of such a book in, it, in Italy. Um, so, Italy, of course, has got a very uh, peculiar uh, status because it is both the country of the Vatican, with its index, okay, it's another country in a sense, but it's got a very uh, you know, big influence, with the <coughs> Index Librorum Prohibitorum, the list of prohibited books, which has been around since 1558. 
and the country uh, of the biggest communist party in Western Europe, which, as I gathered from the book, are both two big driving forces of censorship in the country. So these court cases, which we should say often do not end up in condemnations, are around 50, and they're narrated in this book through highly readable, gripping, fast-paced, and uh, often even very humorous 42 chapters. You can really see that Antonio is a journalist who is used to writing for a larger audience. So I read. The first question I would like to uh, ask you was uh, about your starting points, uh, the starting points of your investigation from uh, the legal point of view. So uh, as part of the research for this book. So where did you start? I start, uh, most part of the cases uh, regards uh, obscenity. Uh, there is also blasphemy, defamation, uh, uh, injury to the, to the army, sorry. Um, but mainly uh, obscenity. Uh, we are not talking of a, of a pornographic book, we are talking of releases uh, and, uh, and so on. And uh, in Italy, during the early 30s, was uh, approved uh, a law, that is the article 528 and 529, that was a modern law, uh, something like uh, Obscene uh, Publication Act that was uh, approved uh, in uh, England in uh, 59, and uh, that uh, uh, punish uh, pornography and uh, protects uh, uh, literature. And uh, my starting point uh, is uh, uh, this law, uh, because uh, on this law many trials uh, were, uh, were based. Mm -hmm. So this law, um, uh, just for those of you that are particularly interested in history of censorship, uh, maybe it might, some of you are here today, it was the Codice Rocco, as you told me, and uh, it is still kind of uh, underpinning the Italian penal system today, if you can uh, believe it, so with some variations, but it's still there. So, um, so now you're just referring to, let's say, uh, fascist laws, but uh, in your book, as we say, uh, we, you really <coughs> dealt with uh, post the post-war period, so, and uh, you refer back anyway to the Article 529, for example. So why is that? Yes, the this, this law I was talking about was approved uh, during uh, the Mussolini period, but uh, was really at work only later on when uh, uh, in, in the post-war period, because during the uh, Mussolini period we uh, have uh, another kind uh, of uh, censorship in the sense that every movie, uh, every novel and so on that uh, was to be, uh, to be produced uh, uh, was uh, to be submitted to the Minister of uh, Culture, whose name uh, was Nicol uh, Pop, and uh, uh, previously approved uh, or banned. So uh, it was a special period. Uh, and after all, it's a period uh, that was analyzed and that was studied uh, much more. And uh, so I decided uh, also to, to be able to do some comparison with other countries, uh, to, to start uh, with the, the uh, the Republic uh, Democratic uh, period uh, in, in Italy after the World War uh, II and, uh, and not to, to take in, in any consideration uh, fascism when, when this law uh, was approved uh, but uh, really uh, didn't work because uh, there was a previous uh, kind and stronger kind of censorship uh, in, the, in, in the minister and, uh, and not uh, the, the one we had uh, after the war. Mm -hmm. And uh, maybe for uh, some of the people that are not very familiar with the Italian you know, legal system, maybe we should say something about the fact that this uh, uh, law 529 excuses the some cases of obscenity. If, can you explain it, if they are within the work of art or something like that? Yeah, it, it says that uh, um, work of art uh, uh, are not to be considered uh, uh, obscene. It's not uh, such a clear uh, formulation. Uh, it, uh, what does it mean? Uh, some judge uh, thought that uh, if uh, a work of art is not to be considered uh, obscene, it means that if it is obscene, it is not a work of art. 
But of course, uh, it was not the meaning uh, of, uh, uh, of Kodesh Irakko. Uh, they had a totally different meaning. But as it happens always with the laws in Italy, they start with very good intention, but they end with a sort of compromise. Uh, so the formulation of this law was uh, a little bit uh, vague. Uh, and, and so we had to wait uh, for the judges of the Supreme Court uh, to uh, interpret the, this law in a, a more uh, specific uh, way, in, in mm -hmm. the only possible meaning. That is, uh, uh, that the law sets a sort of exception uh, for art uh, as regards as this kind of crime, that is, uh, obscenity. Only this kind of crime, not for instance uh, blasphemy, not for instance uh, defamation, uh, and so on. Only this kind of, of crime that is uh, obscenity. And yeah, we talked about uh, this uh, a bit yesterday together because, of course, we think about uh, obscenity. But the books, the book deals with, as you say, defamation, blasphemy, and also something that in Italian is called vilipendio dell'esercito, so contempt of the army, in a sense, anything said against the army. So they're really interesting uh, case studies. You know, every chapter is a very compelling and interesting case study on different issues. So since uh, we want to enter a little bit more on, let's say, about the uh, topics of the book and you start with a very what you consider a very important case so uh, the case of Sartre so can you tell us a little bit more about it oh, yeah. I just forget one thing <coughs> I uh, why, while I was investigating about the approval of the law uh, of Codice Rocco uh, I uh, could read the relation of uh, the minister of uh, law that is uh, Rocco it was a uh, and uh, uh, he uh, wanted, uh, in the first time, uh, to, to uh, punish specifically homosexual uh, obscenity. But then uh, he came at this conclusion, okay, uh, homosexuality is uh, not a problem in Italy. Uh, in England uh, there is a specific legislation against homosexuality, because they have the problem of homosexuality. In, in Italy, not. So let's, let's forget about it. Let's make a, a general law uh, for against uh, obscenity, but, uh, but not uh, homosexuality. Well, uh, probably was not uh, really involved in the real situation, but uh, uh, it became a problem later on after the fascist rule, I would say. Uh, also, we forgot to say something about the fact that, I mean, these were real charges. I mean, people would risk to be imprisoned for up to two th three years and uh, a big, uh, you know, fine as well. So we're talking about the <laughs> very uh, problems that would change people's lives. So they're not mm, small problems. So let's go back to the example of Sartre, which yeah. is the opening uh, of your book. The Puritan uh, post-war uh, period, as uh, Alberto Moravia calls it, uh, started in Italy uh, with uh, a, a newspaper review. The newspaper is uh, Corriere della Sera. In the first page of this newspaper, there was uh, a book review, a book review uh, written by an important Italian uh, critic, that, and conservative one, that is Antonio Baldini, who writes a review of uh, uh, Jean-Paul Sartre, uh, Le Mur, The Wall. In this review, he says that uh, the book is uh, a collection of uh, uh, dirty, bad-smelling uh, things. Uh, Un mostruoso campionario di puzzonate. And uh, he, uh, he knows personally the translator. Saturday we, we attended the translator day, so also the translator, of course, could be in prison for, for, uh, the, for this law. And uh, uh, he, he, he wrote that he was astonished that uh, such uh, a good girl, a good family girl, uh, who was married, uh, by the way, with a descendant of uh, uh, the Italian politic uh, Giolitti, could uh, translate such a book and uh, uh, could uh, uh, also sign this uh, translation. So and, uh, it doesn't interrupt because right. it's, this is too good in Italian. It's just you know, reading something that he paraphrased. So uh, this uh, journalist uh, knew personally this translator, and he says on the first page of, I think it was uh, in the prominent part of the uh, Correa del Sera in 47, ti ho tenuta in braccio che avevi poche settimane e odoravi tutta di latte, di pipì e di bortalco. 
I held you in my arms. You were some uh, only some week uh, weeks old, and still smell like milk, talco, and wee. So it's really patronizing kind of tone uh, against this female translator. The translator. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Okay. And uh, uh, a lawyer based in uh, in uh, Milan, but of uh, Sicilian origin, uh, a militant of uh, the Azione Cattolica, the Catholic uh, uh, activist uh, group, uh, read this uh, review and uh, uh, wrote uh, a paper more or less uh, like uh, the one that you heard uh, about in, in the <coughs> book trailer. And uh, uh, the, this, this, uh, uh, it announced uh, uh, two books. One book is uh, The Wall by Jean Paul Sartre, and the, un the other book was Lenny uh, Chatterley's uh, Lover, that is a classical censorship. And uh, uh, so uh, the Puritan period, post-war period, began with uh, these two uh, trials against two the books, very famous books, books of very famous uh, author, uh, especially uh, Chatterley, uh, especially D. H. Lawrence, uh, uh, less uh, Sartre was uh, in, in at the beginning of his uh, career, he was not uh, so much known, at least in, uh, in Italy. And uh, uh, there was a scandal, many reviews, many people, uh, some uh, critics were pro, uh, some uh, against, uh, and uh, at the end of the day, they were uh, acquitted. Mm -hmm. And uh, tell us a little bit more about the role uh, of the publisher in this case, because for, uh, for Sartre, the publisher was Einaudi. Yes, no? in uh, all these cases, uh, uh, the uh, writer was not uh, charged, officially was not charged. Uh, in the case of D. H. Lawrence, uh, for, uh, because he was dead, of course, and in the case of Sartre, because he was living abroad. And uh, so, uh, the, in the trial, uh, we had uh, uh, mainly the, the publisher, that uh, in the case of Sartre was Giulio uh, Rinaldi himself, who just uh, founded, uh, started his uh, publishing house uh, in Audi. And in the case of uh, Mondadori, we have Alberto Mondadori, who was uh, the son of the founder of uh, Mondadori, uh, Arnaldo Mondadori. So we, we, we see that uh, uh, a book is really uh, a, co a cooperative uh, work, and uh, that, that there is not only the, the author, because it was uh, very dangerous at the time, especially for uh, the publisher to, to take uh, the risk of uh, issuing uh, some, kind of, uh, some kind of books. And uh, tell us a little bit more about the role of uh, two uh, famous uh, personal Italian personalities that really defended uh, Sartre's case. Uh, one was Moravia, of course, and the other one, you said, uh, Norberto Bobbio. Yes. Moravia wrote uh, a very good uh, article on a literary magazine uh, writing, oh God, I am fed up to talk about uh, censorship uh, because uh, Moravia himself was censored uh, sometimes uh, during uh, uh, the war and the pre-war uh, period for uh, his novel uh, such as uh, La Mascherata and uh, Agostino. And uh, uh, we, we are talking about uh, the year 1947. But uh, we have to think that uh, he was uh, tried uh, many other times uh, for, uh, for this book. So he was uh, fed up uh, already, but uh, he was tried also in 1980 for, uh, La Vita in, uh, for La Vita Interiore. So still in 1980 there was still this kind of you know, trials going on? There was some, some judge who, who tried to, uh, to use Article 528 uh, that is uh, uh, still present in our penal code that is more or less uh, this, the reform uh, penal code uh, uh, that uh, yeah, that we had uh, during the, the during the fascism and uh, uh, and Moravia defended uh, Sartre uh, saying uh, uh, come on in sex in life there is a sex if uh, there were not sex there wouldn't be uh, Life. So, diavolo, nella vita c'è l'atto sessuale. Se non ci fosse, non ci sarebbe la vita. 
in a sense. So it has to be portrayed in a, in the work of art because it exists in real life. So it would be uh, a critical act not to you know write about it. And also about Norberto Bob, you wanted to say that you're about yes. to publish uh, is a. Ah, yeah, yeah. I, I looked uh, uh, for his uh, uh, defensive paper uh, about Sartre uh, and in uh, in Audi archive. But then I found some some paper, but they they were not signed. Then at the state archive uh, in uh, in Torino, I found uh, after a long uh, search uh, this document of uh, about 30, 40 pages. That is going to be issued by uh, Ran. Mm -hmm. Because in the first edition of the book, I publish a CD with all the judicial uh, documents. But uh, uh, in, in the second uh, edition, uh, not because uh, Rizzoli told me that is it is too expensive. Uh, for the same price, it's better to make a cover with uh, Swarovski, for instance. <laughs> And uh, Norberto Bobbio is a famous, uh, a very famous uh, Italian uh, philosopher who died uh, some years ago, and he was hired uh, by Giulio Rinaldi to defend uh, Sartre. They were on different uh, positions. <coughs> Bobbio is a liberal uh, philosopher, and uh, uh, but he wrote uh, this uh, this paper that is very interesting because uh, uh, it's not kind of. Uh, strictly legal paper, but uh, it, it is a uh, uh, defense of the need for a writer to uh, write about sex of their characters in book, because at least after Freud, the sexual uh, aspect, the sexual uh, details and behavior of the characters is very important, because it helps us uh, to uh, make uh, uh, to understand uh, the, the, these uh, these characters, and uh, in uh, Sartre, uh, Lemur, that is a collection of uh, of novels, uh, each short stories, of, short stories uh, of, of, of tales. Each uh, character has a specific uh, sexual problems mm -hmm. uh, that is related to his uh, education, to his uh, um, psychological problems. So. Uh, Obvious say that uh, uh, they had, that Sartre had to write about sex, and this is more or less uh, the uh, the difference between literature and pornography. Uh, for a for a, a writer, a real writer, sex uh, is uh, a, a mean to uh, for, for literature. For a pornographer, sex uh, is uh, is the end, is the aim of. Uh, of, of, of uh, his work, mm -hmm. and uh, so uh, Sartre at the end of the day was uh, was acquitted. Mm -hmm. But the name of the translator was uh, erased uh, from uh, the other uh, version of uh, of the book. So that's a very interesting aspect that uh, you can gather really from this book is the fact that all other very famous writers or uh, publishers intervened in defense of these uh, of these books. So it is really a history of literature in a sense, uh, for especially within the Italian context. For example, we were talking about some uh, authors that were really central in defending some of these cases. Some other authors, they prefer not to say anything and just to, to stay quiet in a corner and to save themselves from censorship in turn. Uh, some of the publishers were really active in this. So can you tell us more about yeah. this? I published uh, the passages from uh, this uh, defensive paper written by famous uh, Italian uh, authors. Um, for instance, uh, Giuseppe Ungaretti, uh, that was uh, with Eugenio Montale, one of uh, the two greatest uh, Italian poets uh, in the post-war period, uh, was very active uh, to defend uh, his uh, colleagues, uh, other writers. Whereas uh, we have other uh, writers, other authors, uh, who say, no, I won't uh, defend this book because uh, this book is obscene. That, that is a sort of uh, misunderstanding because the law doesn't say that the book uh, must, be, co must uh, be condemned because it is obscene. But the, the difference is between uh, work of art and uh, uh, pornography, not between obscene and not obscene. But anyway, for instance, uh, Ricardo Bacchelli, uh, that is uh, the author of uh, 
with the mill on uh, River Po, uh, refused uh, to defend her, Luciano uh, Bianciardi, for uh, a short uh, story that was accused of obscenity and uh, blasphemy because imagine a world where uh, uh, the taboo are inverted. Uh, people can make, uh, they can make uh, sex uh, as much as they want uh, in the open, uh, on the road and so on, but uh, is uh, forced to a uh, uh, food monogamy. So imagine a world where uh, the last uh, supper was an orgy and, uh, and so on. And uh, uh, Bacchelli uh, refused to, uh, to defend uh, him, whereas other author like uh, Umberto Eco uh, defended him, saying, uh, among the other things, that uh, it was not an exciting uh, short story, but if someone uh, get excited uh, uh, reading this uh, short story, he must be put in jail, not, uh, <laughs> not the author. That's, um, um, these are by, in many, many of these cases you can find, and uh, some of them are really hilarious because they don't realize how uh, you know, funny they sound when they want to be serious, especially the people that uh, you know, write this accusation, like the one that we heard before. It's hilarious to hear it now. Like, I can't believe that it was something presented before a judge. Um, so counting the bad words or these kinds of things. And another, another very interesting thing that I found in, uh, in this book is the fact that we sometimes forget how much impact censorship had, not only in, on the history of literature in general, but also on the plot of some of the books that we read. That they were sell the authors and the publishers self-censored themselves before uh, publishing the book. So we are reading books that were not, if you see the first draft, they are completely different. So one of the, can you tell us about one of the cases, I think it, one of the most striking ones is the Pasolini, um, um. Yes, uh, Pasolini, published in, uh, in the 50s, his uh, first novel, whose title in Italy is Ragazzi di Vita, and uh, in, England, in English is uh, uh, De Ragazzi, that is a translation not, not, so, not so good, it sounds, sounds more like a band, like a... Uh, <laughs> De Ragazzi, uh, like we said, like a leash band. Or, or something <laughs> like that, but anyway, that, that's not what we are talking about. And uh, wh when he uh, delivered the manuscript uh, to Livio Garzanti, his uh, publisher, uh, Garzanti read it and he said, okay, I uh, publish it. But then uh, he changed uh, his mind and, and uh, sent back the manuscript uh, to the drafts, to, to Pasolini, asking him to uh, modify some passages. And, uh, Maybe uh, say a couple of words about the plot if you don't know it. So the um, Ragazzi uh, di Vita, no? Ragazzi di Vita uh, is, a, is a novel about uh, the suburbs uh, in, uh, of Rome, the poor, very poor suburbs uh, on, of Rome that uh, Pasolini knew uh, directly because uh, he was a teacher in, uh, in the school of these uh, suburbs. He had to, uh, to leave uh, uh, Casarsa because uh, uh, he had a sexual inter intercourse with uh, young boys, uh, so he, he, was, uh, he, he was really uh, in the center of a, of a scandal, and so he left Casarsa uh, uh, in the northeast of Italy and went uh, to the suburbs of uh, Rome, where, when he start, where he started uh, teaching uh, uh, to these poor boys, these poor guys, and uh, wrote uh, the, this novel about uh, the miserable life uh, of, uh, of this uh, of this boy of these guys and uh, uh, Livio Garzanti's published asked him to modify some passages uh, so he was really desperate he said I, I got this uh, draft uh, the, the, this, the novel is half uh, dead uh, but at the end of the day uh, he, he changed uh, some passages uh, and has also erased uh, some some passages uh, or uh, changed the, the frame of some uh, some chapters. So the, you can really say that uh, it is not another book, but uh, it uh, it is in, in many points a different book. Uh, Neorealism was uh, it, the style of uh, of his uh, of his novel, and uh, it couldn't be uh, as realistic uh, as he wanted. Uh, because of the, the way the, the, the young boys, the ragazzi di vita, talked uh, was uh, really uh, too much hard uh, for
for the reader. Uh, and uh, for instance, uh, he wrote uh, Te piace DOC, that in Romanesque uh, is an abbreviation to say, uh, Do you like uh, the god uh, Dick? And uh, he, he changed this passage in uh, Do you like uh, to enjoy yourself? That's not the not the same thing, of course, and uh, there is also uh, an episode uh, of uh, prostitution under uh, the bridge on the uh, River that was uh, completely erased. Anyway, yeah, the novel changed cha some chapters, like some chapter, half of chapters were uh, eliminated, yeah. and it was really painful. Like you see, uh, it was really himself saying that it was uh, something completely painful to do. It reminded me a bit of Baudelaire. When he had to rework Le Fleur du Mal, for him it was a traumatic experience. So much so that there are some critics nowadays that they say that basically Baudelaire then wrote prose poetry as a as a way of eliminate poetry altogether because he was fed up of people not understanding how much work went into the you know in the structure and a bit like Pasolini reminded me. Yes, yes. So there are I don't know dot dot dots instead of a, a swear word. There are chapters that are completely changed, episodes that are completely eliminated. So. Um, but uh, just to give you an idea of a bit of the writing style of Antonio, the title of this chapter is in Italian, La Dici e il Dioci. Dici so, is, is like the Christian Democrats, the one of the party that ruled. The Democratic uh, Christian Party that was ruling it in Italy from uh, 1946 uh, to 1944, to the, the, the arrival of the <coughs> almost uh, 50 years and of course was the center of this uh, censorship uh, that, that took place in the same minister of the fascist uh, era in, uh, in, in Via Veneto, Via Veneto uh, before being uh, the, the, the La Via of uh, Dolce Vita of Fellini was, was the, the road where the minister of culture and this censorship department uh, uh, was based uh, with, uh, I don't uh, know if you heard uh, about uh, Andreotti, but Andreotti, the, the first part of his long, very long political career, uh, examined many, many mm -hmm. works, uh, like uh, especially uh, theater and, uh, and movie. And to interrupt you because I want to ask you one question that I think uh, is important because uh, you say that in your book that is, uh, you know, since the post war to today, and so we were discussing a little bit about. Uh, are we the situation today? So, what what do they do now? The editors, you know, to prevent this kind of idea that they, they, they might be censored to have problems, especially for defamation nowadays. You know, you can be <laughs> you know charged. Um, so, obscenity uh, is no more a problem. Uh, during the eighties, uh, we had some uh, some trials uh, about uh, homosexual obscenities. The last uh, two trials. Uh, were uh, uh, to Alte Libertini, you heard about in the book trailer, and uh, uh, Aldo Busi in Sodomie in Corpo Undici. Uh, but then, more or less, obscenity is no more a problem, even if the law is still uh, there, is still present in our code, in our penal code. But other uh, cases uh, belongs to other kind of crime, uh, for instance, uh, also court crimes. Uh, uh, for instance, uh, uh, there is a great focus now about uh, uh, defamation. And uh, so uh, publishing houses uh, have uh, a staff of lawyers uh, who uh, read uh, the manuscripts uh, and uh, uh, say, uh, no, this is too dangerous, uh, okay, this can go. And, uh, and, uh, and, and so on. And uh, also, um, there is a, a, a difference in the sense that uh, if uh, during the 50s and the 60s we met with uh, Montadori, Fedrinelli, Gazzanti, uh, that are, that were uh, existing persons, founders of their publishing houses, now we have the managers and they don't want to take risks because. Uh, uh, trials uh, are more and more expensive and last uh, uh, more and more. We have uh, the first degree, the second degree, the third degree in the Supreme Court in, in Rome, then from the Supreme Court we can come back to the second degree, so uh, the trial can last really long. So uh, managers uh, don't want to take any 
musical. And uh, uh, there is uh, also uh, in, in the biggest Italian publishing company, that is uh, Mondadori, um, an aspect uh, that uh, is uh, uh, in the contract. Uh, the author is must uh, sign a contract where it is written that in case of trial, uh, uh, he takes uh, over himself uh, every responsibility, and the publisher have uh, uh, the publisher has no uh, responsibility about uh, the, the book. For instance, uh, uh, one of the most uh, Italian uh, famous writers at the time, Aldo Busi, left Montadori uh, for this reason. He said, Montadori, so let the, the law, let your lawyers write uh, novels, uh, and uh, don't break my bones and go away. Okay, that's very typical of Buse, I can imagine him saying something like that. Well, anyway, I would say that uh, we maybe open up uh, for questions, for um, Q&A, if you, if you like. Um, another thing that maybe is also interesting just to think about, we have authors in the audience, so with uh, one of the publishers called Filtrinelli, like Nicola, and Filtrinelli had a very important role actually in all this, uh, this uh, story that we're uh, telling today, because as uh, Antonio says many times, that the kind of censorship encouraged the history of literature. Sometimes were the smaller editing houses and publishing houses that were able to were really willing to take the risk and publish something daring, while the big publishing houses would shy away from it. So Feltrinelli came about as a big defender in the sense of this. Uh, he believed very much in these cases. So and this happens everywhere in France. We said there are smaller houses in in, uh, in the press. Uh, Barney Rosset yeah. of uh, Grove Press uh, in, uh, in, in the States. Uh. Or uh, the Ulysses uh, uh, by Joyce was, of course, published in, uh, in uh, Paris by the Shakespeare and Co. Uh, the, the bookshop is still there. So, I mean, they, this was also a way in which uh, I mean, the history of literature and publishing was directed precisely by censorship. So that's very interesting. I think there could be many questions that um, May arise. So, well, if I may say something about Filtrinelli today, today has uh, has become quite paranoid. Actually, uh, well also they grew very much ever since they were their, their first uh, beginnings. And um, if I may just mention my case, when I um, published the Baroni, uh, oh, of the, the, which is a denunciation of corruption in the Italian university system, um, I had to revise the text very, very yeah. carefully. Uh, the text was read by a lawyer. And, uh, and I remember being you know, very happy to publish the book with, with this publishing house, which of course was prestigious and, and, very, um, and also very commercial, that is, the book would be really present everywhere. And so I said, well, but I don't care to leave these things. And, but they said, no, we do care. And they really asked me to cut a whole chapter, really chapter, and, uh, and to modify the entire language in a way. So I could not even, I mean, because the book had to kind of uh, win favor from from the readership so for example even big bellies were erased everybody became thin because <laughs> I mean you could not leave anything that could be read as a libel right or distortion of the facts and also people maybe could recognize themselves that could be a problem as well or yeah well the problem the, the thing is that all the names have been changed but if a person recognizes himself or herself even though the name is different they can still uh, report you and, 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 and bring you to court. But these people I talk about were such assholes that really nobody would, I mean, in a way I was protected by this very fact that nobody would really say, oh, that piece of shit is myself. Mm. Uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> Except for Pasolini. Yeah, one, one, one guy said, oh, that, that, that uh, character is me. Uh, yeah, but it, uh, yeah. I was lucky. I was lucky because, I mean, as you were saying, um, uh, 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 you you could you could you could go on and on and on and on. And the unfortunately, the the author uh, has got to pay all the expenses. Uh, the the publishing house declined all responsibility. I was so happy to publish the book that I crazily signed the contract, but it was very crazy of me. But thank God, nothing happened, and now I think enough years have gone by. Um, I don't know if I will ever be called to court. I think there's still a couple of years before uh, I'm, say, I'm completely safe. But um, the descendants. No, but this is, I think it's a very, uh, what, what you guys brought up is a very important uh, idea. 
um, I mean, the role of the publishing house is not just through censorship, but through editorial work in shaping what we call literature. This is really a major, a major uh, theoretical preoccupation that we scholars at, at university tend to, to forget. I mean, we always think that the author's intention is ultimately the only thing we have to deal with. But the author's intention sometimes is really obliterated by a number of editorial choices that we need to retrace and describe and, and, and come to terms with culturally, because there's no book that is not a sort of negotiation between uh, the personal uh, authorial um, uh, program and, and what time and, and, and political and, and, and uh, literary policies allow to happen. Um, well, that, that's very uh, interesting to me because I think that uh, one of the uh, time where this really comes about is like with Bourdieu concerning Flaubert, of course, so this kind of idea of uh, a book being a negotiation among publishers, you know, Absolutely. forces, but it's re relatively recent. So we have uh, Diego and then Tash. Just, uh, you know, so to remind us, I mean, that obviously censorship and so on is not a modern uh, or a contemporary, you know, sort of a phenomenon. Uh, we have, of course, the, the famous case of Boccaccio's The Cavern being vulgarized, you know, so to, and, uh, we have an interesting edition, you know, so to, in Baylor College Library, in fact, um, which uh, um, shows, you know, so all these changes which were brought out, you know, to allow the thing. So whenever a bishop uh, is mentioned, say, in the original text, this has become a knight in the, in the inversion. If a nun, you know, so commits some uh, sexual crime or so on, She's uh, referred to as a young lady or something like that. And angels are gentlemen and so on and so forth. This is just a banal example of how it, 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 it was uh, you know, censored and, and vulgarized. So obviously it is an old phenomenon. But uh, in, uh, presently what is inter interested, and the, the question I, I meant to ask you is, who did actually initiate these cases uh, you know, sort of in, in practice? I mean, were they members of the Christian Democrat Party? Were they... Uh, you know, representative of some association, um, or, or, or what exactly? Yes, um, according to the law, the law talks generally uh, about uh, the, the sensibility of uh, the public, the offense to the sensibility of the public, of the people, of the readers. So uh, there is no need for a specific person to say uh, this book uh, offends uh, uh, me uh, this book is obscene for me and, and uh, to take part to the trial and uh, this fact uh, this uh, technical legal fact uh, allowed uh, a lot of these uh, uh, associations uh, mainly catholic uh, association uh, uh, aristocratic uh, people uh, uh, or, or, or independent uh, uh, Puritans who wrote this, this paper even uh, anonymous in the case of the last uh, great trial in, in the first Italian Republic <coughs> at the end of the 80s the, the, the trial against uh, Adobusi uh, Sodomie in Corpo Undici uh, was based on an anonymous uh, paper in the sense that the paper was the denounced was signed, but uh, uh, the police department uh, there was no address, uh, no telephone number. The Busi uh, does not uh, still know who uh, created all. Thanks God, because we're going to go into <laughs> <laughs> very aggressive kind of author, and um, and so um, there, there, there were they were mainly uh, association association of uh, of people. Uh, protecting uh, the, the good habits uh, of uh, Italian people, protecting uh, the kids, uh, uh, the widows, uh, and all this kind of thing. There, there is also some uh, interesting uh, uh, movie in the in the sixties uh, with Alberto Sordi, uh, Il Moralista, mm. who is based on a real, uh, uh, whose character, uh, whose main character is based on, on a real, uh, a real uh, militant of an association who works in Rome to look uh, if uh, 
there were some fish uh, of a movie uh, with uh, something uh, not uh, undecorous uh, and uh, and uh, so on and uh, yeah the sort of uh, of office uh, uh, organization uh, and uh, they were really up to the end of the first republic after the end of the 80s uh, such association who uh, looked for these books uh, and, and make this uh, marvelous uh, list uh, of uh, of uh, swearing so that is uh, now very easy with the, with the PC and the book but uh, Yes, very At the time, they had to read them all and, you know, <laughs> underline the bad words, like a perversion. Uh, but it reminds me a bit of UNESCO, actually, where I worked for a while, where it seemed like that every retired individual in France, they just read, re their time was spent writing complaints about uh, World Heritage Sites, about any possible aspect, like pigeon shit, even. This is a true story. <laughs> I went to this monument, it was full of pigeon shit. Please do something to help us. But in the case of uh, the first chapter, that was really surprised me. Just someone just by reading a newspaper, they read a review, and they can just like start this amazing, you know, uh, a nightmare for an author and a publisher, just by denouncing them. Yeah, in, uh, in Italy, the reviewer is uh, recensore, and uh, like censore. Censore is a censor, so yeah. And, uh, and so, if, if censore may become, uh, if recensore may become a recensore. Uh, Whereas uh, the judge who wrote uh, the verdict uh, sometimes uh, become uh, a, a very good critic. Uh, this this verdict, uh, at least the first one, were really uh, the very interesting essays. Uh, and whereas now they are very technical and short, uh, they were written uh, with by hand, uh, and uh, they were really. Interesting, and, and uh, sometimes they were put in the in the same uh, book. For instance, Flaubert, Madame Bovary. In the preface, there would be you know the kind of very that's really. Uh, do we have another question by Tash and Anna? Um, yeah, I was just wondering um, what it's going to look like sort of now and going forward with um, you know partly with the internet and things like blogs and, and forums, and also partly with this increasing move towards self-publishing, um, because. Nicola, you mentioned the negotiation between the writer and, and the editor and everything, but if we're sort of losing the editor, mm -hmm. I mean, what, what are we moving to? Are we moving towards sort of a place where censorship is becoming impossible? Or yeah, apparently, there is no more filter, mm -hmm. or less filter than before, but by, on the other hand, uh, internet can be considered even more dangerous, because uh, uh, if uh, it was unlike what that uh, uh, a kid uh, went into a uh, bookshop uh, and uh, bought, uh, for instance, Ulysses uh, and, uh, uh, and uh, read all the 800 pages up to the uh, monologue of uh, Molly Bloom, for instance. Now uh, it's very different with, uh, with blog and internet, where also uh, young uh, people can read uh, Everything and for instance, we have uh, we had a case uh, with uh, Mondadori. A crazy editor of Mondadori had to choose uh, one uh, uh, short story from a collection of short stories uh, uh, for summer. And uh, uh, since he was uh, a little bit uh, crazy, he uh, is a writer, uh, by the way. He decided to put uh, a, a pornographic one. Not pornographic in the sense uh, uh, that uh, there were details uh, about uh, sex, but uh, it was based on uh, the intercourse between uh, a man and a kid, uh, pedophilia, uh, we are speaking, uh, talking about. Uh, and there is much more attention now on this uh, issue than in, uh, in the past. And uh, uh, a political uh, a deputy of Italian Parliament uh, of uh, Lega Lombarda, uh, the North League, yeah. the North, North League, uh, don't know how, uh, read uh, this on the side uh, of Mondadori this uh, short story and uh, uh, spoke uh, about it uh, in, the, in the Parliament. Uh, there was uh, an official uh, inquiry, and uh, one of the uh, uh, most important point 
of this protest was that uh, uh, the internet allowed uh, everyone to, to, read, uh, to read things. So by somehow, uh, by one hand, uh, it, there is no filter. On, on the other hand, it is more, uh, more dangerous. Uh, everything can be considered uh, defamation by uh, press. Yeah. Because uh, one came out the other day on, on Facebook. I read that now everything you write on Facebook, like in Italy at least, I read this in Italy, can be considered defamation uh, through the means of the press, which is uh, they can take you to court. So if you say something bad about a friend of yours on Facebook, if someone sees it, you can be charged. So and it is it, it is liable to be taken to court. So you can be so that's as you say. I mean, it's apparently freer, but everyone can also see and and you know charge. Uh, press charges against you. In so the past, for instance, uh, in, uh, there, there were no secret uh, part of bookshops, uh, of libraries, there were, but bookshops uh, with, with uh, uh, book uh, like Medicetri uh, and so on. But now, if you buy, if you want to download uh, from iTunes Medicetri, you must declare to be of age. And, but in, in the past, uh, you enter in, in, in a library, and even if you were 16, you could buy at least when, when it was uh, the unexpurgated version was, uh, was uh, issued. So by, by some aspects, the uh, internet is, uh, is better, it's more open, more free, uh, without filters, but on the other hand, uh, it's, more, uh, it's more dangerous. Uh. And then you want the other question? Yeah, I was just wondering what the, um, what are things like in terms of like the visual arts? Because we, well, I mean, the, I suppose the book is all about like books and theater, books yeah. and films, but is there any censorship in terms of just I don't know, paintings, sculptures, that kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Uh, in, uh, in Italy we had the famous braghettoni that uh, were uh, the people uh, uh, putting pants uh, to the Greek uh, statues <laughs> on the genitals, of course. And uh, one, one case I deal with in my book is a censorship on an art catalogue of uh, uh, Grosch. Uh, drawings. In uh, 1950 something in Rome uh, uh, there was an exhibition of Grosch uh, painting. Grosch was uh, one of the most essential uh, uh, painter uh, in the history of uh, 20th century. Not because uh, his paintings uh, were, uh, how to say, uh, pornographic, but in the sense that they were uh, very uh, hard. Uh, with prostitutes uh, and uh, and so on, and uh, in this uh, art uh, exhibition, uh, there was uh, the arrival uh, of the uh, poli of the police uh, department uh, uh, members. Uh, they took away the drawings, and they also took away the uh, art uh, catalog of the exhibition, mm -hmm. and uh, the owner of uh, the, the publishing house, uh, uh, the owner of uh, uh, the, the, the gallery where the exhibition took place uh, uh, was uh, condemned in, in the first degree and uh, there was a, a great uh, discussion in Italy whether uh, we should, uh, the Democratic Christian Party, consider a, a pornographic, uh, I don't know, Chile, uh, because there was uh, uh, an exhibition of Chile upcoming in Torino. <coughs> and uh, so also art uh, had, had uh, a lot of, uh, of problems. Uh, of course, uh, if they show Kurbe uh, works, uh, they the avoid the uh, to, to show the origin of the, of the world. Th there is also some kind of uh, of consideration like uh, li li like that. Now in Expo in in Milano, uh, there's a universal exhibition on Milan. Uh, yeah. uh, there was uh, some uh, discussion because uh, uh, a work of art uh, with naked uh, women uh, looking like uh, carrot uh, with uh, bunnies around her, uh, but naked, uh, naked was uh, naked uh, was exhibited. And uh, some, someone said, uh, oh no, it's uh, pornographic, here uh, there are kids uh, coming. Art, uh, visual art, uh, is more, uh, for the judges, is more dangerous because uh, 
it's more offensive. Uh, you don't have to get to page uh, 40 something to find uh, something that can be offensive. It's evident to, to everybody. So, uh, so, so they have problems and they still have uh, problems uh, uh, with it. Uh, from time to time. I'm not talking about, uh, you know, uh, visual representation like the case of Charlie Hebdo recently, you know, visual representation in, in general. They're so immediate in a sense, you, you know, you see it, you can't, you know, shut your eyes in a sense, you can't, as you say, it's for to page 50, so uh, that's still a very much open debate, I think, that we have not solved in a sense. Yeah, well, where does freedom of speech end and when does, you know, blasphemy start, for example? blasphemy. Yeah, in, in art, uh, take like uh, some time often, uh, so, so uh, not only pornography, or they are entangled. Uh, so uh, from time to time, also in visual art, uh, there are problems about uh, about obscenity uh, or uh, blasphemy or uh, things about uh, all that. And also, in one of the book uh, shown in, in the book trailer, also the graphic designer of the cover. Uh, was a, a chart uh, because uh, uh, in the cover there was a soldier uh, uh, with uh, a naked uh, woman. Uh, the title of the book is Liberatori. Double mm entendre, -hmm. uh, entendre. And the, the, in the cover there was uh, the image of, uh, of the naked woman. So not only the text was considered uh, accused to be obscene, but also the, the cover. So. Mm -hmm. Loads uh, is about uh, art, not so any kind of art. Mm -hmm. I have just a question, Antonio. Uh, uh, what happens to um, a book which gets condemned? Uh, does it get withdrawn from the market completely, or can it be released in a in a review in a revised form? Again, good question. J just after the denunciation, uh, the book. Uh, can be uh, taken away from the <coughs> So They're taken away, yeah, uh, yeah, as soon as it's charged. Before the, con the, the condemnation. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, because uh, of course they must prevent. The book is already sold uh, or, or distributed, and so they must uh, prevent uh, any possible development. And so uh, maybe there is uh, uh, this uh, action, and I, I, I found many reports uh, of the Carabinieri and the police department in, in all the town uh, of Italy saying uh, we found two copies in uh, that uh, bookshop, we found one copy, or uh, maybe they, they didn't find any copy. Anyway, this is the first step. Maybe uh, also they decide not, uh, the prosecutor decide not to ask for, for the book to be taken away from the bookshops. But uh, if the the book is not uh, acquitted, uh, the, the book is taken away from uh, the from the bookshops, and uh, uh, also the metrics, uh, the typographical uh, metrics, uh, was uh, destroyed. So in some cases, uh, uh, the copy I found uh, in the uh, in the court's uh, archive. Uh, was uh, the last one to, uh, to survive. Mm -hmm. Maybe uh, some other copies can be found in libraries because libraries uh, bought uh, books and they didn't know if the book were uh, banned or not banned. So you can still find, uh, find them. Uh, on, of course, uh, maybe on the, not, not just to say the black market, but uh, on, si on sites uh, like eBay, you, you can find these copies. Private collections, and maybe they bought them before they were. But mainly they were uh, they were taken away from the bookshops, and also the matrix was destroyed. So, if in the next degree, the book was acquitted, they couldn't even uh, use the visibility of uh, the scandal. Uh, to run and uh, to run uh, the second edition because uh, they had to uh, do to make another matrix and it took time uh, at that time uh, that was for instance the situation of uh, uh, an author Milena Minani I met uh, many times uh, 
then uh, she died. Um, most uh, of the people I interviewed in this book uh, died uh, because they, they were old, they belonged to generation. Not the book uh, who was, uh, <laughs> was the old. cause of dying <laughs> instead of the, the title. And uh, uh, she was uh, uh, condemned in the first degree and uh, acquitted in the second. But uh, uh, they couldn't uh, print immediately the, the second version because uh, they, uh, dis they destroyed uh, the, the, the typographical uh, metrics. So I think it's uh, time is up, but uh, if you like to ask Antonio more questions, you can ask them you know, at the back, having some more sandwiches and you know, maybe having a look at his book as well before going. So thank you so much for coming. I think it was a very rich conversation, Q&A question. Thank you so much to Antonio for coming here. And I think uh, you had no need to be paranoid of your English because everyone understood <laughs> everything very well.